What's going on, y'all? This is Tori Smith back with another episode of Trending Thoughts. It's been a while. You know, I'm not going to lie and say I've been doing absolutely nothing and been procrastinating, but it's been really busy with the community work and balancing things with the family. So we gave it a little break. So we're going to call the first part season one. And now we're back kicking it off again right to New Year's because of a major break in the NFL. Dwayne Haskins was recently released from the Washington football team. And there were a lot of great conversations that were going on around it. I didn't want to tackle this subject by myself. So I decided to bring in a brother, a friend of mine, James E. Hedibo, 10-year NFL veteran, Super Bowl champion with the Baltimore Ravens, and just an overall great man, father, husband, entrepreneur, and one of the best dudes that I had the opportunity to play with. So Diggs, how you been doing, brother? Man, Tori, I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you having me on. I've been doing well. Um, you know, it's an honor to be on this show, man. You you know, you, you've covered a lot of topics in the past. And, you know, with this topic with Dwayne Haskins, I think is, is, is important for us, not only as former players there in the locker room, um, but also having that outside lens, being able to talk about it. So I appreciate you having me on, my man. Yeah, appreciate you, brother. It's, it, feel, it feels like it's an, an, just an extension of the locker room. You know, it's something yeah. that we used to have conversations like this all the time. So I appreciate you coming on here, just like some of the guys in the past, man. And, you know, knowing where we are right now, you know, we got to get straight to it. You know, Dwayne Haskins was just released by the Washington football team. And you're talking about a young guy, first rounder, and really is boiling down to his off-the-field actions and his lack of production on the field, which is why he's out. You know, a lot of people are trying to throw around race and all these different things. I'm not necessarily buying that. He was released because it was a, the best decision for this team right now. And first-rounders in 2020, their contract isn't like a first-rounder in 2010 and before then, where your contract will hold the team hostage. So they cut their ties. They're moving on. And it's a tough situation. Now, you and I both know, being in the locker room, we've seen guys do much worse. Yeah. <laughs> we've yeah. seen guys that have oh, yeah. done some things that, you know, a lot of people, <laughs> let's just leave it at that. Guys have done some things that a lot of people know about and kind of get swept under the rug. So I wanted to ask you, what were your thoughts initially when you found out that Dwayne Haskins was being released? So when I when I first heard, okay, he's being released, you know, it, it didn't come as at a surprise because everything that came before it. I mean, here you have a new head coach, a new general manager, and he is the starting quarterback to start the season. So you can't say, you know, people touched on the race thing and so forth. No, this guy was a top draft pick at the position, the face of the franchise. And he was given the opportunity to be the franchise quarterback. So then you see his performance kind of, you know, deteriorate and he's, he's benched for, you know, Alex Smith who mm -hmm. comes back and he goes, Alex Smith, what wins four of the next five games to put him in position uh, where they are now in terms of playoffs. Then Alex Smith gets hurt here. Dwayne has an opportunity to step in and show once again, his ability to produce at a high level and fails to do that. And then on top of it, Toy, have you ever had a game where you had an opportunity to hit, hit, have the game winning touchdown and you drop it in the back of the end zone and then you're in the club that, that very same night popping bottles? 
So, you know, for, for, for me, it was like seeing that and then you get your opportunity again, you throw two picks, not performing well. When I saw he got released, of course, it, it's the NFL. It, 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 you're, if you're not producing on the field, there, there, there is no job for you here. It's too competitive, you know? And so, you know, for me, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised at that. Now, what I was surprised at is, you know, is, you know, for Booger, you know, McFarlane to, to come in and say, you know, here's the paintbrush of, you know, these black NFL players that are coming into the league and how they're approaching it. That, that I did not agree with. Now, Booger, we're going to get the Booger in, in a little while. <laughs> I want to go back a second to something that has been a major conversation. You know, and even you brought it up yourself. You mentioned athletes celebrating and going out after a loss. Personally, that doesn't bother me that much. Because if a person has a bad day at work, do they go to the bar and take a drink? Or if a person has a bad game, what's the difference between that? Just because they do it at home and not necessarily in public, are they supposed to hide? You know, I think the biggest issue with Dwayne is that he's going out during the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> That's a completely yeah, no. different conversation well, than well, typically th- going out. And and there's two parts to that. So yeah, there, there, there is the fact you going, you know, out during a pandemic and you've also already violated the NFL protocol. Yes, that is, that is a major part of it. But at the same time, there's levels to this. The NFL quarterback position is one of the hardest positions to play in all of sports. And the demand is so great that you don't have you don't have the, the 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 ability to say, well, I'm just like the other guys where I can, you know, still have a bad game and go out and have a drink. You're not afforded that, unfortunately. That's so, why. So what's you, the difference? Between go, had, so what's the difference between going out and having a drink, or staying home and drinking? If it's about because, performance, because is it just per, staying out of the limelight, or is it perception <laughs> is reality? Your perception is reality. I, hey, you, you could be my teammate, and you could go out and ha- have a drink after a bad game, come back the next game and throw for four touchdowns. I'm not tripping about that. You know, I think there's, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I think he, he made a comment early on in the season where he had a bad game, and he had, you know, a three-finger glass of whiskey at his house, talking about, I, you know, I had to get, I had to get through that. Well, well, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, come on now, you know, so – you got to earn that level of respect through your performance. And so if, if you mean to tell me that Dwayne Haskins is, is you have that much confidence in him as your teammate and as a quarterback of your team, that it's okay that you played the way that you played and you out in the club or, you know, even at home, you don't even deserve to be at home having a drink after the way you play. <laughs> but that's an, but that's just an after really the after effect of playing the game. Like it had absolutely nothing to do with what happened between them lying those for those three hours, right? See, yeah, of course. It does. Every- so now when you lose, if you win, hey, let's go celebrate. Now if you lose, you're supposed to just go into the tank. No, but you should have a sense of like, man, okay, that that game meant something to me. And I think that's where I get frustrated is because you know, and, and and this is where I can say I can interject and say the role of race plays into this conversation in that there's been so many other 
African-American black quarterbacks that have been afforded the second chance or the opportunity to prove what they can do in the league. Once they had a bad experience, they were written off off the top. Or the other aspect of the Donovan McNabbs and Michael Vicks, the Dante Culpeppers that had to be above and beyond, you know, the expectation for them to be able to be afforded the fact that they are a pocket passer or whatever it may be, right? So I think there's a level of that that goes into kind of my distaste where I'm like, man, look at the opportunity that you're given. Like if if I played bad, my my mindset wouldn't be, let me go out and have a good time to let, let loose. My mindset would be, man, I need to correct this because I don't know how many opportunities I'm going to have left. So let's so, mention this. I, Even saying that, there are quarterbacks in this league. There are Hall of Famers, black and white, who drink damn near every day after a game, every night after course. a game. So of are course. they any better? Are they any more committed? Are they working any harder than anyone else simply because they didn't go to drink in the public eye and they're doing it at home? Like, does that mean they're more focused or what? No, I think, you know, it's, Unfortunately, it's a double-edged sword because it, it, it doesn't show that they're more focused. What shows that they're more focused is their production next week. So I, I can what they I suck. Can say, We've seen plenty of people still stink it up because we have to be honest. Dwayne Haskins isn't the only quarterback the who's only, been yeah who's been in this situation yeah, right. Like yeah, it's, the, it's the, not the a race issue here. On, yeah. Ryan Leaf. I mean the 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 list goes on in terms of quarterbacks that have been terrible through you know given multiple options to play and 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 that that's true but i you have you we can't say that there isn't a magnifying glass held on the black quarterback position i mean you can't say that otherwise th having five starting quarterbacks in the nfl that are black wouldn't be such an eye-opening thing it wouldn't be like oh my gosh you know uh, absolutely because you, you know so so the fact is there is a magnifying glass on the position for, for black quarterbacks and he should be aware of that. Now, does that mean that he's not going to bounce back from this and possibly have a good career? Who knows? But the way he started it shows me that he didn't go into it prepared with the focus that he needs to be successful in this league, regardless of color. Yeah, and he I, didn't I, show that he, he, he wants to be successful in this league. Yeah. I think Dwayne's biggest issue and, we have to be careful talking about it, right? Because I feel like it's easy for people to take words and run with it. Right? Dwayne's issue was more so being immature. Yeah. Being young, dumb, and not a, a great professional, right? It, it isn't because I'm not going to say he's a bad person. And I'm not going to say he doesn't love the game, which is something that people love to throw out there that people don't love the game. Because there are plenty of people who don't love this game and they're excellent at it. So I don't think you necessarily have to do that. Like, that's the sticking point. But that's the argument for another day. But for Dwayne, his issues off the field outweigh the production. And in the NFL, you're going to get the boot. Doesn't matter if you're black, white, blue, or whoever. Now, maybe, he'll, maybe he'll be able to get another chance. And I hope he does. Because it is hard for quarterbacks. And we've seen traditionally and historically African-American quarterbacks, they have had a harder time trying to stick when it doesn't work. But the case for Dwayne is that he's still young. And the decisions he's made, 
There are guys playing in this league right now who have done things a million times worse. He's made some very young, dumb, and stupid mistakes. And if he can fix those and continue to work and mature as a player, who knows? The, the potential that we all saw in him was still there. I'm not one of those people, and I'm seeing way too many people going to rip him like, oh, he shouldn't have been picked in the first round, or he shouldn't have done this. He was no. the Big Ten Player of the Year. I I think I think for when when people look at Dwayne Haskins and rip him, I think it's the Ohio State quarterback curse is what people are are looking at when when they when they say, man, we expected this man to be something and he hasn't turned out to that. Right. And and for me looking looking at it, I'm like, it's the the Ohio State curse. I mean, because <laughs> these quarterbacks put up all types of numbers in college. And then get it to the NFL and, and can't read zone or man-to-man coverage. Well, what about and Joe so, Burrow? Joe Burrow was technically an Ohio State quarterback. He transferred to LSU. <laughs> <laughs> he got the good juju when he went he down the, south. He got the good juju. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting though, man, because it takes away from you keep it focused on the game when you're when you're like it's an Ohio State thing. But I feel like people were questioning him from the beginning. You know, yeah. Daniel Jones was picked before him. And remember, there was an argument about who should have gone first or whoever. And he was in that hunt, right, for potentially being, you know, the number one pick. And, again, that potential is still there. All the things that had him marked as a first-rounder is still there. I feel like people are able to run with things because he failed, but that's just a mark of society. Society takes any flaw that of you had and they run with they- it when you actually fail. Yeah, that's the truth. They love to love to build you up to tear you down, and I and and I agree with that. And I and I hope that that's the case where he's like, okay, you know, this didn't work out. He's a first round pick, so he will get another opportunity. Will he? With with some with some organization. I, I Johnny Manziel. Even even Geno Smith kind of you know got another opportunity. He's a backup quarterback now, but even still, Geno Smith didn't get in trouble. And that, that's true. That's true. And, but and to be fair, Haskins hasn't really been in major trouble. May, he just made some it, stupid decisions. Like, think about this. Think about what we're talking about right now. We're talking about a guy who's red flags and strikes that we know of. Now, there are some things that may have happened behind closed doors where, you know, he may not be the best in meetings or late or Whatever all those things come into play. That stuff happens every week in plenty of teams around the league. Well, let's just stick with what we know. We're criticizing a guy who went out. Well, actually, he this is the second time violent. So the first time, he had got a family member a hotel room. They snuck somebody in. Snuck, family member, whoever you want to call right. them. We did put them in a quotation. You're right. Yeah. That's not supposed to happen, right? Fast forward to the next thing. He goes and he goes out and has a party for his lady or whatnot. And he's out during the middle of a pandemic. And which, again, if he was out any given Sunday, that's not an issue. That's, that's not a big any deal. Any given Friday, it's really not an issue. But you go out in the middle of a pandemic, your coach literally just beat cancer. You could set the whole team back because of your actions and not wearing a mask. It's escalated well, a little bit. So it's, it, it's less well, about the well, action, at, but the timing. Yeah, it's a timing of it. Look at this. You know, the, 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 the Cleveland Browns lose to the Jets 
because they don't have half their receiving core mm-hmm. because they were exposed to COVID. So the effects of your actions that it could have to your team. Here you are, you know, top of your division battling for, you know, the the sixth or seventh seed, you know, in terms of your the playoffs. And you're not only one, you first you expose someone into the team's hotel. So, you know, you don't know kind of what that person, what they've been exposed to in terms of, of, of COVID and the possibility of that being, you know, a major spread throughout your team the night before a game, which that that shows the lack of leadership as a as a captain. Mm-hmm. Well, then you get, you know, reprimanded for that. But the th- the issue is, is that he w- he. He, he didn't look at his he didn't look at what he did as an issue he just thought okay i got caught for that what i did wasn't wrong but i got caught for that and so therefore how do you know though saying, how do you well, know because because of his mindset of going to a club and still with the possibility of exposing knowing that that's against covid policies i'm sure you know when they lay out the covid policies that's something that the head coach is going to talk about at every team meeting Hey guys, let's make sure we're still abiding by the policies. Let's make sure we're we're washed, wearing our masks. Let's make sure we know where we are in public and we're not surrounding around large gatherings. That's something that's drilled in every single week. Especially, I, I can imagine as punctual as River Ron is, <laughs> I can only imagine you know him drilling that in every week. Now that means you disregard that as well, and then you go out after a loss. Not even like hey. I be- played one of my best games ever and I'm just celebrating with my girlfriend and her birthday. Maybe it's like, okay, Dwayne, Hey, this is your second time. We told you this. You cannot put yourself in this situation. You know, he tested negative. All right. Well, Hey, this, this is the last time we're having this conversation, but it's after you play one of the worst games ever, you threw two picks and your team lost at home to the Seahawks. And then you're in the club popping bottles. It just showed for me, and I'm sure for the organization, a level of lack of focus, lack of understanding where your team is and the opportunity that you have, and then lack of concern for your teammates and their health and well-being. And like you said, the head coach who's just beat cancer. Like, come on, man, you hit the trifecta. Yeah. I mean, I've been playing devil's advocate trying to defend Dwayne. And we have to be honest about it. I want to be very clear because we went over a lot right there one he was dead wrong for what he did he was very his actions were very immature Um, and that's what ultimately cost him when you're dealing with a gm a coach and really a a new organization that really didn't draft you you were a product of the team's owner so that's a major issue when you have so many things that are starting to build against you and you're not doing that on the field and then the nfl you can get away with a lot of things if your production is there and it just hasn't been there, you can get away with a lot of things. If your contract holds the team hostage, that's not the situation here as well. So that's why Dwayne is where he is right now. And I hope for his sake, and I believe in his talent still watching him, you know, as he came up through the ranks, I still remember hearing about him in high school, you know, in Maryland, I knew he's a very talented guy. I hope he gets the help that he needs really the guidance that he needs to go out there and be the best it, player, and even bigger than the best player, to be the best man and, that he and, can be. And and maybe he has a situation like like a Jared Goff. Maybe he just needs the right coach and coordinator 
to develop his talents for him to succeed. Because we know how, you know, Jared Goff entered into the league and we we're like, whoa, this guy doesn't have it. Physically, he can throw all the passes, but when it comes game time, he can't do it. So I'm hoping, you know, the same thing that this, you know, that Haskin has another opportunity that one coach says, hey, let's give this guy a second chance. I mean, because there's a lot of, let's be honest, there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks in this league. I mean, that just don't have their guy yet. So, but, you know, like you said, I mean, you know, new coach, new GM, they're looking for a reason to get rid of you. And he he kind of gave it to him. Yeah. Again, we, we want to wish the best for him because, again, you're talking about a young man um, who had a great opportunity. And he's no different than a lot of us um, yeah. who've had opportunities in front of us. We weren't mature enough to handle it or we fumbled it away. Uh, by ha- making bad decisions, hanging with the wrong crowd, not having the right type of people around us to help hold us accountable or even just handling the business ourselves. So this is something that happens every day. It's different when you're under the microscope and obviously people are going to say, oh, he's making millions of dollars. If I was making millions of dollars, I wouldn't have done it. That's not the point. The point is you're talking about a young individual. It doesn't matter if you're making millions of dollars or zero dollars. If you're not mature enough to handle a situation that you're in, these situations that you're in, you're not going to make it, period. And so yep. I hope that he's able to grow from it, learn from it, and I hope he gets another chance because I would hate for this to be the end of a story for him when there have been so many other people that have played in the NFL who've done, literally committed crimes, literally, right? Like literally, literally committed crimes. on trial, yeah. Right, and done yeah. some things that are shameful to themselves, their family, the organization, you know, their victims in some cases. And they've had other chances. And I personally believe in second chances for everyone. You know, you can rip me all you want. I believe in the best in all people. And everyone deserves a second chance. So I hope it works out for him. So Diggs, you mentioned Booger McFarlane earlier. And that's the reason why I wanted to have you on this show. You're talking about a guy that I have a lot of respect for with his what he's done with ESPN and what he's been able to accomplish as an analyst. And you chimed in on his comments, and I figured you would be a great person to bring in to talk about it because I personally didn't, dis- I didn't agree with what he said. Um, I thought the way he went about it was wrong. Once I peel back all the layers, I know what he was trying to say, but I think what the way he said it, you know, it continues to build on stereotypes, which we try to fight against every single day. And these are his words. Oftentimes, young players, especially... I'm going to go ahead and say it, especially young African-American players, because they make up 70% of this league. They come into this league and they ask themselves the wrong thing. They come into this league saying, how can I be a better player? They don't say, how can I be a better teammate? They don't say, how can I be a better person? How can I get my organization over the hump? Here's what they come in saying. They come in saying, how can I build my brand better? How can I build my social media following better? How can I work out on Instagram and show everybody that I'm ready to go, but when I get out into the game, I don't perform? Now, Diggs, that's a lot to unpack. I want to know what your initial thoughts were when you heard this quote. It is a lot to unpack. I think it is um, It's insensitive. I think it is... Um, such a broad painting of a brush. I mean, you touched on a stereotype. It's literally taking the stereotype of the black male athlete and saying, this is who they are to America. 
on the stage that he's been given. And I don't think that that's even remotely accurate. My question to Booger is what is the problem with being concerned with your brand as well as your opportunity to play? I mean, you look at the NFL as a, as, as a whole, the number one thing the NFL is concerned with is its brand. It's not concerned with its players. It's concerned with the shield and its brand before its players. That's why there's laws that are in place within organizations to uphold that shield and that brand. So for Booger to make that comment about 70% of the league being African-Americans and players being more concerned about their brand than performing, I don't think it's an African-American thing. I think it is the nature of th this day and age with the importance of social media, with the importance of building who you are off the field. Because to one of the things as NFL players, we don't have the opportunity that NBA players have with everyone gets to see your face because you're wearing helmets all the time. So the important thing is, how can I get my, the person whose name is on the back of my jersey people to recognize my face unless I put myself out there in that manner? Um, and so that's, it goes hand in hand. Now, for him to say that it's just African-American players, that doesn't even make sense to me. Tom Brady has one of the strongest social media platforms in the NFL. He isn't an African-American player. You know, you, the, the list goes on of even Tim Tebow, before he left the NFL, was a stronger brand than he was as a quarterback. So it, it, it blows my mind, and it's a shot at African-American players, which I don't understand where that's coming from, when this situation with Dwayne Haskins is more of an isolated situation than a global epidemic in the NFL of black athletes and how they approach the game. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more with you. You know, I think you said that perfectly. And you're talking about a league and people like to mention brands, right? I think that's the, the new trend word of the past five years or so. I'm working on my brand. I'm working on my brand. But what does that mean? Right. I think this is a different conversation if you're talking to a player that played in the 80s or 90s versus a player that's playing now. You are your brand. Like he you, you have old heads who are complaining to guys about social media and what they're doing and how they're more concerned about social media than anything else. Well, let's break down the, num the numbers. You spend 40 plus hours a week preparing for football to play a game. You spend 30 minutes sending a tweet, an Instagram, a Snapchat or whatever you do. Having social media is just as much a part of being a millennial as anything else. Right. That's a part of who they are. So because that's how they choose to spend their free time doesn't mean they aren't focused on the game. And that's something that we have to be careful about because you have people, oh, they're more focused on working out and posting videos. Yeah. Did they Were they working out? Yeah. <laughs> Just because what, they recorded what, it doesn't mean recorded. that there's an issue. What, what does that matter? Right. Yeah. You know, they, they had the video recorded, but they were working out. The crazy thing is, is even look at the economics from it, right? You have players that played in the 70s and 80s and, you know, now they're looking for the NFL benefits to compensate them for the time that they helped build the NFL brand. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But then now you have players in this day and age that are saying, let me make the most amount of money as I can now utilizing 
my platform to build a brand for post football. You, you know, so to, to knock a guy for doing that, that's what you work so hard for, is to be able to say, I'm playing in the NFL. You know, so you know how many times I've been able to get uh, into a restaurant that's that's packed or, you know, you know, get on a flight that's that's sold out because, you know, I'm James the Hedgeville Super Bowl champion. I, I, I work for that. That's part of my brand. Right. To be able to say to guys that that's not important and they need to just have their heads down and and work for the team and let the team use them for everything that they got the best years. And the only thing you should be rewarded for is the money that you get directly from that team. No, that's bad business. That's leaving a look at matter of fact, look at prime time. You talk about building your brand. <laughs> look, look at Dion. Right. So Peyton yeah. Manning. De- Dion Sanders hasn't played a football game in, in 20 years, and he's still doing subway commercials. <laughs> talking about don't build your brand. I mean, that, that's crazy. That's why I think. You know what Booger was saying is off the wall. It's 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 reckless. It was no thought that went into that. I I I, I think it's you know it's and it's it's a stain. You know what it does is if I am a non-black looking from the outside in, I'm like man, there's 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 some levels of hate that are going on here between you know successful black men and and other successful black men. Like mm-hmm. there there's a level there that I mean. Why is it that you got to there's something negative about my success, but there's something positive about your success? It just can't be a positive thing altogether, even though there's different ways of doing it. So, I mean, I I could go on, but I mean, you're saying a lot there. And I think it's important for us to let everyone know that it's a minority when it comes to situations like Dwayne Haskins. Um, Not that many people are getting in trouble in the NFL. You know, there are a lot of people who may not be thinking of life after football, but they aren't necessarily destroying things while they're playing now. It's a small minority in a locker room. And so when you put out messages like that and you target a certain group of players, it gives people from the outside the ammunition they need. So when to when the next player does a makes a boneheaded decision and he's put on blast, that they can go out there and just rip them because that's what these athletes do because that's what booger said right he said it so it must be true and sometimes it gives the wrong people ammo and you know that's probably the most frustrating piece about it but you know when you talk about athletes and brands again you said a mouthful when you mentioned the nfl and the shield it's one of the biggest brands in the united states of america and the nfl actually encourages their players to be themselves and they are the ones who even mentioned the words branding. Do you think Juju Smith-Schuster, as much as people want to talk about, oh, he's only concerned about his brand, Juju is having fun. He is who he was. He was in college making videos the same way he's doing in the NFL, except for he's balling on the biggest stage. There's no difference. This is a new era. Guys, This in this day and age, social media comes with it, right? Attention comes with it. Dancing comes with it. The person you mentioned earlier that was ahead of the curve was Deion Sanders. And guess what? No, what People were probably mad at Deion. They were probably hating on him a little bit. But Deion was just being himself. And what people would say to try to attack even what I'm saying right now is that Deion was balling, which is great. 
a lot of guys are balling when these things are happening. It's when they start to fall off a little bit that the attacks come in. So I think we need to be consistent in the way we attack people. Are we attacking them because they're now they're not focused when you're winning? When the Steelers were 11 and 0, I didn't hear a single soul say anything about Juju dancing, about his, his TikToking, none of that. The minute they started losing, now was the biggest problem. And it had absolutely nothing to do with the way he worked, the way he prepared, the way he got ready to play a football game. And so I think it's important for people to note that because you have to peel back those layers sometimes. Because it's very easy to attack someone when you're at your lowest point. That's how life works. <laughs> That's how society works. When you're at your lowest, people are going to rip you up. But the reality of it is, these people in most cases are the same people. And it's important for us to note that. But on another note, when we talk about athletes and brands, I think the king of that is LeBron James, when you were able to watch that. And I think it's important to note that when you talk about athletes and being concerned about their brand, when you mention some of the greatest that are able to play the game right now, Tom Brady, he for sure is aware of his brand. Russell Wilson is probably second to LeBron James, in my opinion, and a guy that understands what he's capable of doing both on and off the field. Patrick Mahomes will be there, but he's his own brand from being a wizard on the field and the way he handles himself off of it. One of the more underrated people that people seem to have forgotten about, Richard Sherman. (laughs) Richard Sherman talked trash for two years and hadn't said a word since. (laughs) And everyone knows who Richard Sherman is, what he stands for, what he's about, and what he's able to do that's going to carry him far beyond this game. So it'd be foolish to say that it's your job, not just on the field, which it is your number one job to perform on the field, but it'd be foolish to say with all of the time that you have, all of the free time that you have, in them six months that you aren't really doing anything actively, that you can't better yourself so that when you do end, when the game does end for you, you're able to move on. You can't have it both ways. You can't criticize guys and say they don't know what they're doing because they're done with football, yet when they're trying to build themselves and set themselves up, they get criticized and destroyed for not having their things in order, right? They get criticized when they actually are doing what they're supposed to do. I mean, that's a major issue that we have to fix. And again, it's on us to talk about it because we both just recently retired. You know, you are transitioning into a very successful entrepreneur and doing great things away from the game. But that's something that it didn't happen overnight, right? Like you worked it, you thought about that. And myself, as I'm transitioning, I always thought about what was next. I I will tell you this. As active as I was on social media as a player, I never once thought about branding. I never knew what branding was. I was just myself. I was on social media. Because when I was in college at the University of Maryland, you still needed a student a student email to even get on Facebook at the time. <laughs> right? Like, that's what you did. You that got you got on social media to talk to people, to chill, right? And then it grows to Twitter. Then it grows to Instagram. And now I'm in the NFL, and now all of a sudden that's supposed to change? I'm still working my ass off, preparing, working hard as hell. Like, I try to outwork everyone when it comes to workout time, period. And then you go from that to now, it's all good. But when you lose, tone all of that out. I'll yeah, never forget now, the time. Now you're not. Now you're not focused. Once that happens, it's crazy, man. Diggs, I remember one time someone said something to me that I was too worried about doing things off of the field. Meaning, like just in general, like yeah, you you're too worried about the community, Diggs. 
you know, when we're in Baltimore. I would spend probably an hour or two every week in the community doing something. Win, lose, or draw, right? When you win, it's all love from the outside. The people you're going to see and support, it's all love all the time. When you win, it's all love on the outside. When you lose, oh, they're not focused, not focused. That was as much as my routine as it was getting massages, stretching, lifting, training, film, studying notes. I actually hated watching a video on a tablet. I mostly liked the notes. But, like, that was just as much a part of my routine as anything else. So when people would say, oh, you're doing too much in the community, I love to just simply do the math. said it earlier. So I spent two hours in the community doing something to help people, to help others, to keep me down to earth. And then I spent 40 plus hours doing something to get better for football. Yet because we lose or are losing or even let's say I had a bad game. I'm not focused. That doesn't make any sense. And one of the things too that that you touched on that that came to my mind was, you know, on Tuesdays, players' days off. There's usually community outreach within the organization that that we're doing. Does, does that change based on whether we win or lose that Sunday? Do they just cancel the event and say, "Hey, we're not doing community outreach that week because we lost. You guys should be home studying film." <laughs> no, it does. It, it doesn't. It depends on who so, you ask, though, because people feel that way, right? Like from the outside, you can pick a player. Pick a player, any player, right? They go and they lose. They just get knocked out the playoffs. Let's use uh, Carson Wentz as a perfect example in Philadelphia right now. He's not the starter right now. He does a lot of great work in Philadelphia with his AO1 foundation. So because he's not the starter and because he's not playing as well as he was last year or the year before, is he all of a sudden supposed to stop? Like, perception changes? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, it just doesn't, man. It, 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 it doesn't at all. And so, and, and that's what, and I think that, like you said, unpeeling the layers, there's unreasonable expectations of an NFL player. Well, you want me to be everything that you want me to be on the field, but then off the field, I have to be that exact same player. I can't be who I want to be off the field. I can't be concerned about what I'm concerned about off the field because it doesn't fit inside your box, which that's what you know you know kind of you know what what bothered me so much about um what booger said was trying to create this you know this invisible made-up box of nfl players and that doesn't exist it's all even if a guy wants to spend his off time you know collecting art so what it doesn't matter as long as it doesn't as long as he's still spending that time preparing, you know, for his craft and, and, and working at it. And like you said, you know, we were some of the hard, hardest working guys when we were playing in the league. It didn't matter whether it was off-season workouts, what, whatever it was, we put that time in. And, and, and like you said, transitioning to life out of, out of the league, well, I had to put time in once, you know, while I was still playing to be able to prepare myself to take the step for life after football. If I didn't, then, you know, things would be, I'll be in a different situation, which, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of guys are, a lot of guys are in that. So to, to, to say to a guy, you have to only worry about football. You're not allowed to worry about any, anything else. I think from the financial aspect, that's what adds to guys going broke after they're done playing in the league is because they fall into that foolishness, that, that terrible way of thinking. 
Yeah. And that shouldn't be the concern. The concern should be prepare with everything you got while you're playing, but at the same time still have a focus that's, you know, building and growing yourself for life after football. You you can do both. You absolutely you know? can. And that's the biggest takeaway from everything. You can do both. And I think sometimes for older players, that's harder for them to accept. Older retired guys, right, whether in TV or not, it's harder for them to accept this new wave. And sometimes I think they forget about what their generation looked like. Some of the guys that are talking, they were smoking cigarettes at halftime, <laughs> right? So these cats had party houses. These dudes are going out like crazy For real. multiple they, days a week. Instagram. If social media was out back then, some of these cats wouldn't even be on the screen that we're looking at. And so people can't act brand new. Once you get on camera, and, that, and that's not an attack on Booger at all. I hope people don't just say, "Oh, you're talking about Booger." I don't, I don't have no clue what Booger did. For yeah, what you I know, are you about no. I, for what I know, he seems like a great guy. So I have no clue how he was living. So I want to put that out there. But just in general, like old heads always try to say, like that it was that things were different when they were playing. The only difference was stuff wasn't recorded. Y'all were still doing things that were considered a quote unquote distraction. But it was just different than the way things are now. And, again, you said it perfectly earlier. A lot of guys wish they would have capitalized on being a better player, which is what everyone's goal is, and also managing that relationship and all the things that come with being an NFL player to be better when they transition, which we now like to use the word branding. A lot of people wish they would have done that because when you go to the wayside, it's over. And it's important for people to know that. And, and it comes together. In 2020, being an athlete, you are your brand. You are your business. The NFL wants you to build your brand. The NFL wants to help you build your own personal business. It goes hand in hand. It can't just be all about building the NFL up. And that comes from the NFL perspective. They want guys to help build themselves because they understand that they aren't going to be there forever. But if you build your legacy the right way and you do the right things, and I'm saying all of these things... And it really just means you can be yourself. It's not about being strategic in any of that. You can honestly just be yourself. And that's what you're able to see. That's why you see Prime, Deion Sanders, being who he is. That's why you see Peyton Manning being who he is. It's important for us to note that guys have done this in the past, and they weren't ripped for it. And, yes, I'm talking about Hall of Famers. So it's a lot harder to poke holes in those guys when it comes to actually because they play very well. But the reality of it is, it's been happening. It isn't new. But now you can see it on your phone, and it's completely different for guys. But Diggs, exactly. I appreciate you, my brother, coming on here, uh, giving your time. I know uh, it's a busy time for you with a, a new baby in the house. And uh, that sleep, whew, I'm so glad Corey's a little bit older now. <laughs> <laughs> Team no sleep. Team no sleep, man. Uh, tell the people how they can reach out to you, man. Yeah, no, please, you know, follow me on, on Instagram at Diggs32, that's D-I-G-G-Z 32, and then also on Twitter, uh, James E. Hedibo, at James E. Hedibo, last name's I-H-E-D-I-G-B-O. Tori, man, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's a pleasure chopping it up. I mean, keeping it real. I mean, you know, your show your show is awesome, man. I appreciate you, bro. Catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace.